now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to an episode, another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. I'm your host here every week, bringing you tips on education, updates, and home-related stuff. So whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for things like decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place for you to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance expert and advisor with Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. I've been your host here every week for four seasons now, over 200 episodes. I have been selling homes here in Great Victoria since 1991. I've handled hundreds of transactions of all different types in our fair city. And I would be pleased to help you as well, too. If you have any questions or need some advice or want to talk about the market, just reach out to me. You can find my contact information and the rest of the whole home show team members by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find, uh, look under shows. You'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there. Or you can always just find us by Googling uh, Tony Joe or the Prime Real Estate Team, primeteam.ca. Uh, this week, we're going to be having a conversation with the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, David Langlois. Uh, we'll be talking about what's going out there in the marketplace, conversations about COVID protocols, uh, things like blind bidding, which we've been talking about a lot recently, uh, even things like uh, board service, why people volunteer uh, on the Real Estate Board and become people like the president of the Real Estate Board. Uh, I, of course, was one. I was a president back in 2008. So I've been in the seat. It is, in fact, a very, very, um, uh, it's an amazing role. In fact, what we're going to do is we're going to jump right in it. We're going to ask uh, David to, uh, uh, to tell us about uh, his experience. David, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming. Sure, thanks for having me on, Tony. Well, of course, it's been a long-standing tradition here at our program to have the sitting president of the Real Estate Board come and talk. And we're going to do that, you know, a, a little bit later. But, um, uh, you know, it's been an interesting year for you. I mean, for me in my time, of course, I remember having a lot of meetings out of town, a fair amount of travel. It's been hard for you, I'm guessing, this year, right? Yeah, we've been uh, we've been doing the work, but we haven't gotten any of the perks out of them. Well, of course, Zoom, right? So doing things yeah, no, online. Yeah, Zoom's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm not uh, tired of Zoom at all. No, <laughs> no, no, no. How can we be, right? Um, let's start off by talking about what's going on out there. So tell our listeners uh, who, you know, maybe are, are new to thinking about the Victoria real estate market. How are we doing? What are our numbers looking like nowadays? Well, I think everybody who's who's following the market at all understands and knows that it's it's busy out there. It's robust. The activity levels are high. Uh, there's a lot of activity around virtually every asset class uh, at every price point. Uh, the major issue that we continue to face, and we faced you know all year really, and all last year is is inventory. Uh, we simply don't have enough supply to to meet the demand. 
And uh, we understand why Victoria is a wonderful place to live. Uh, the secret is, has been out for a few years now, but uh, it continues to become more popular. It's a destination for virtually everybody in Canada. And it's uh, been sped up a little bit by the pandemic because you can work from wherever you want to work from. So you, you don't have to live in Saskatoon anymore to do your job. You can maybe come to the island and do your job and uh, you might prefer it here. You know, it's something that I, I, I have failed to mention on our program here quite often is, is all of these people who are working remotely, as you mentioned, and they are whatever, still working out of Saskatchewan or Ontario. It's amazing where they start their workday at 6 a.m. our time, and they're done at like one o'clock in the afternoon and have the Victoria lifestyle. I think that's a pretty cool thing to do, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Other than, I mean, I don't know a lot of realtors that get up at 530 in the morning, but... Uh, well, it's not us. We're talking about the other, you know, <laughs> tech yeah, people. I mean, it's a, it's a terrific lifestyle that is offered out here. But it's, I mean, look, it's, 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 it's that supply and demand thing that has been driving up the prices. And that's what everybody wants to talk about is how, how high are prices going to go and how, how high are they? And uh, we're about a day away from getting all of August's numbers. Uh, but, you know, I think they're going to tell the same story that we've got very constrained inventory and that's leading to higher prices, particularly in the single family home market. Well, the, but the other interesting thing, too, is the the headlines. I read one, I think it was Globe and Mail just last week. Headlines continue to say sales numbers are going down. And I think many people construe that as meaning, oh, this means that the market is getting better for buyers. That's not the truth, though, necessarily, is it? I, I really don't think so. I think it's very misleading. Uh, did we sell as many houses in August this year as we did last year? No. Uh, but what you have to realize is we had half as many houses to sell. Uh, we're seeing current inventory levels under 1,200 units across all, all, all property types. Uh, last year, about this time, we had 25, 2,600 available listings. Uh, so uh, imagine if we had 25 listings, you know, in your own business, you're very busy and, and you deal with a lot of buyers and sellers. If you had, if we had 2,500 listings, how many more homes would you have sold in the last month? Yeah. I think uh, if we'd had that, we would have comparable numbers to August of last year, if not even greater. Yeah. And, and actually, even when we look at those stats from last year, even 2,500 was a low number. Like we've had in this season, 4,000 listings, 45, 5,000, like the number, the number is significant, right? Well, typically we track, you know, a more balanced market would be in the 3,500 to 4,000 listing range. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen those numbers for years now. Uh, so we've gotten used to the 2,500 to 3,000 as being, okay, now we have a reasonably healthy uh, uh, market, but then, you know, then that became 2,000, then that became 1,500, and now we're down to 1,200. So, so basically anything of any quality that comes onto the market is, is, is going, and it's going competitively. We're seeing multiple offers all over the place for everything. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting how you mention it that way, because it's true, you know, I mean, even um, in a market like this right now, in in a buyer's market where there's tons of inventory, you know, where there's tons of inventory and very few buyers, they start getting really picky about things like, you know, the color of the kitchen or whatever. But now, you know, there could be, uh, I'm just making this up here, but there could be like a leaky roof or something and people don't care because it's like, oh my goodness, I, I, I need to have this. Well, there's a real desire to just get into the market. Yeah. Um, but it's important for buyers to to be working with professionals like yourself to to be careful 
uh, about these things. And, and that's part of the role I think that we as realtors fill and, uh, and, and a lot of the rules and the guardrails that we've set up over, over you know, forever uh, at the real estate board and through the regulator are, are designed around this consumer protection idea so that we can, we can we, we're that sober second voice in many cases, trying to talk to people about, about keeping the things that are important, important and, and doing the due diligence that you can do uh, so that uh, you don't regret anything that uh, you get into now six months from now. You know, I'm glad you bring this up because this is, uh, I was asked not, I mean, it was two weeks ago, why aren't there more private sales? Why aren't there more by owners? And it's interesting because you'd think, well, hey, all you got to do is put a sign up on the lawn and you'd have the house sold right away. But consumers actually know that of all seasons, this is one where they really do need the help of professional agents like our membership, right? I, I, I would I, I would agree 100% with that because it's, it is fraught, not just for buyers. You might think it's easy for sellers, but it's, it's not easy for sellers either. Uh, they need to be able to navigate through having 45 people come through your home in three or four days, juggling five or six inspections of people that are doing due diligence, and then doing negotiations, multi-party negotiations. Uh, in order to secure the, the 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 best price, obviously as a seller and a buyer, man, I I don't understand. I don't know how somebody could make it through this uh, without having professional advice. It 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 seems like a terrible idea. It does well. Listen, it's time for our first break. I'm going to pick up on this conversation because it is it is crucially important to have representation now as much as ever. We're having a conversation today with the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, David Langua. Uh, having a chat about the market, what's going on. Uh, we'll talk, uh, we're going to pick up conversation about uh, this blind bidding thing that seems to be a hot spot in terms of the uh, elections coming up here. Um, but we need to take our first break here. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation today with the 2021 president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, David Langua. David, thanks again for coming. Thank you for having me, Tony. Before the break, we were talking about how important it is to have representation, to be working with a professional agent. We have, I can't remember what the number is, we're around 1,450 uh, licensees in Victoria. That's right. I think as of today, it's 1,456. Okay. Oh, and this is another thing too. So somebody asked me the other day, I mean, uh oh, there must be tons of realtors out there. Well, I mean, you've been at this long enough too. I remember when there was 900 members in Victoria. I also yeah. remember when there was 1,800. So there was a point where there was a lot more. And, you know, there's lots of room for people here, I think. You know, there's lots of room in Victoria. I, you know, I think so. I look at it, I've always looked at real estate as a, from a perspective of abundance as opposed to scarcity for people looking to, to get into the business or to be a, a quality realtor. Uh, I think that uh, you can do well and, and, it's a, it's, a, it's a good career. It's a difficult career, though. And I think that, like you say, the numbers are going to move as the market moves. So if the market looks very busy and, and, and very, I dare say, easy, uh, lots of people decide maybe they're going to give that a shot. But the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, when you look at people that have got 10 years or more uh, of experience, you're talking about, you know, maybe 10, 10% or 15% of realtors really get to that level mm -hmm. and, and make a full career out of it. Yeah, well, and there's flexibility there, you know, how, how the business is, is made. So, you know, again, some people want to do uh, part-time or serve in some other way. Other people really want to make a go of it and, and, uh, and be super busy. That's, it's a business is basically what it is, right? 
No, of course it's a business and it's a, it, but it is at the same time, it's a, it's a very important business where we're, we're quite heavily regulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of rules and, and to tie this back to the idea of representation, uh, that's one of the primary reasons why you want to be using a realtor is that there's a certain standard that has to be met by all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain standards, certain ethical standards have to be met. Uh, certain disclosure requirements exist. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, we're the ones that, that do this on a, you know, daily, weekly, monthly basis. So uh, the average person sells their house or goes through a real estate transaction, what, every five or seven years. Uh, and uh, I, you know, fortunately I do more transactions than that. So it's, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, it, it's, it stands to reason that, that folks, especially, you know, I mean, you're, you're obviously a superstar, but uh, do, do that many more transactions are going to know that much more about the business. Yeah. And connections and contacts and who to call, when to call all of those things. So important, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, you'll be able to get an inspector on two or three days notice. I can get an inspector on two or three days notice. Uh, Joe off the street probably is going to have a hard time. Yeah, a hard enough time figuring out who's a good one and who's not, right? Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. So um, just talking a little bit more about uh, the real estate board and, and uh, uh, governance and things like that. One of the other things that I think is important for listeners to know is that uh, the real estate board also has a means for people to file grievances. Like if somebody's having a transaction and they're unhappy about something, there is a place to go. They're not on their own. That's correct. There's a, there is a complaints process. It's very formalized. Uh, if you go to vrev.org, uh, it'll be detailed in there. If somebody has uh, something that they want to talk to somebody about, that's the process to follow. Yeah. Uh, and there's also the, the regulator as well. So uh, the real estate board uh, has its own disciplinary process and own investigatory process, and it's, uh, and then the regulator has has their own processes as well. So well, it's all open, and you know it's not something we try to we, we hide from people. And fortunately, we don't we don't really get that many. But you know, if something does happen, somebody does do something wrong, absolutely, we want to know about it, and we're going to do something about it. Yeah, and the key is it's regulated, so there are there are rules. And there are um, regulations and bylaws to follow. Unfortunately, we, of course, we saw a couple of uh, releases this week of what we call disciplinary actions. So when a member has maybe made an error and the findings you know, were in the consumer's favor, these things exist, right? And, and I think consumers should have some comfort knowing that, um, again, first of all, we're all human. Right. Uh, yeah, mistakes get made. Uh, yeah. and it's, it's, uh, mistakes get made. Sometimes contracts get um, uh, uh, something gets missed. Uh, but there's processes to address these things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about COVID for a second here, because this is a biggie as well. You know, um, there. Are, you know, we moved into stage three, and one of the big questions, of course, was: Do we do open houses? You know, do we still need to wear masks in houses and things like, like that? Um, organized real estate still has a position about uh, the way licensees should be conducting themselves, conducting themselves in, in these these uh, matters, right? Yeah, and I think we I think the best path and, and the, the one that we've been advocating for is an abundance of caution. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a pandemic going on out there, and let's just be careful. Let's let's follow some some pretty simple, some pretty common sense. Uh, uh, rules around showings and, and uh, you know, how many people in the house uh, at the same time wearing masks, uh, using hand sanitizer, uh, airing things out between showings, that sort of thing. Um, I, I think it, it behooves us to, to err on the side of caution uh, uh, because it, it, in the long run, that'll be better for us and our clients and our community. 
Yeah. I, I, for one, you know, and I know uh, their fellow agents are, are the same, uh, same thought as well too. Uh, I've had uh, clients who show up at a house and they go, Oh my goodness, I, I forgot my mask in my car. It's okay though. You know, I'll just be in and out real quick. And my answer is always, Hey, first of all, the listing agent has asked for masks and sanitizer to be used. And secondly, neighbors are watching, yeah. right? The neighbors are looking, maybe the owners across the street, you know, um, it's masks on all the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, my answer to that is, is, uh, and it's probably the same as yours after you go through that part is, well, that's okay. Cause I've got some in my car. There we go. And we all carry extras in our car. Yes. We all have our COVID kits with us yes. um, because sometimes people do forget things and it's important to have them on hand uh, and everybody does. And most, uh, m- uh, most, many, many listings have them inside the door as well. And there's hand sanitizer, there's masks. Um, so, so it's, there's no real excuse for, for skirting around what should be a common sense action. Yeah. Now open houses are back. So um, the real estate board and the regulators for a long time until I think is until stage three basically said no open houses, um, you know, public uh, safety is, is paramount here, but they are allowed again now. Well, yeah, they were never not allowed per se. The real estate board had an open house advertising facility. So open houses, uh, Victoria, I think it's called. The website. Um, yeah. The website. So so that was the primary source where people would go and find out where open houses were. Um, and so the recommendation from the regulator and from the provincial health office was not to uh, not to have open houses. Um, but us as a board can't restrict that. But we just said, look, let's let's try to tamper demand for open houses during this period and then once we hit uh, stage three uh, things had opened up and and uh, and so we're still of the same opinion that that you need to be very cautious and very careful uh, around open houses and really uh, if you're going to run an open house there are still some provincial health orders around that so so ensure and work safe bc as well as involved so um, there are some some really reasonably stringent rules and so just everybody be careful because you know, the more careful we are now, the less time we're going to be yeah. uh, in the situation that we find ourselves in. For sure. And, and speaking of the open houses, you know, the open house website never went away. But the difference was the board, um, we weren't allowed to upload public open. Yeah, houses. we just turned it off. basically. Yeah, but we could upload virtual open, open houses, which became absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, people are doing them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, they, the messaging I'm getting from a lot of realtors is that they're never going to go back to doing open houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've discovered that there are nice things to do on a Sunday afternoon, <laughs> two and four. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the virtual tools that, that many more realtors are using now. And it's interesting because none, none of these tools are new. I remember you using some of this stuff 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and now it's sort of like, Oh, look at all the new stuff that we're doing. Uh, it's not new. It's just that the uptake has, has really spread throughout the, the industry. Uh, and it, it really is raising the bar in terms of being able to present a property uh, virtually. Yeah. And things like electronic signatures, my goodness, you know, I, could you, uh, it, had we not had that before, you know, well before COVID um, you know, it's, that's been a tool that has been unbelievable, you know, as far as the, the pandemic is concerned. Yeah. I love that thing. Yeah. We're having a conversation today with uh, David Langlois. David is the president of the Victoria real estate board. Uh, we're having a conversation about what's going on there in the market and, and things that local realtors are having to deal with. But, you know, it's time for our next break here. Um, when we come back, we'll be having more discussion. We still haven't even broached the subject of blind bidding and uh, auctions and stuff like that. But we're going to get to that. Seems like the catchword for the, uh, the month here. Um, but we'll take our next break here. We'll be back in just a moment. 
Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to another episode of The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole home show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. As a reminder, you can find their contact information by visiting cfax1070.com. Go to shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All their contact information is there, uh, or you can always just reach out to me. Uh, and by the way, if you're a podcast listener, you can uh, download and listen to all of our past 200 and I think we're 210 or 215 episodes online. Uh, so many great topics uh, over the years. A lot of things are topical, and um, you know they were not they were not focusing on the market at the time because of course the market's changed over the course of the past uh, four years. So you get lots of great advice on any topic that you're looking for. You can find us on iTunes or Google Play. Having a conversation today with the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, uh, David Langua. David, again, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, David, you know, we served on committees together. I remember we were on the Managing Brokers Committee years, years ago, yeah. right? Um, so how many terms uh, have you gone through as an elected director before being president here? Uh, so this is my fifth year as a director. Oh, yes. Okay. So president in the fifth year, and then I'll be past president next year. And then I yeah. get to go to the past president's dinner with you. <laughs> yes. You know, that is actually quite the, that, that's one of the things that we all enjoy because we get to, to, um, to visit with the people who have had this position over the years in the seventies, you know, sometimes even before that, and, uh, just talking about how real estate was conducted in their time and you know even in the last 12 or 13 years the changes have been phenomenal like things change right it 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 really has but at the same time the interesting thing about talking to past presidents is that many of the issues that we face are the same issues that were faced in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s it's 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 we talk incessantly about professionalism and raising the bar and and really stressing the fact that, that the consumer should be at the center of the transaction, all of that stuff. So, so while the rules and the way that we conduct business might have changed, the mechanics, the underlying spirit, I think, in organized real estate has always been there. Yeah. Well, um, in, in you talk about many of the themes being the same. Uh, Bev Heighton brought uh, uh, to me a, a magazine from, I think it was 1967. Yeah. And the story was, it was in British Columbia, how properties are not affordable. Affordability is an issue. Right. The yeah. story was the same. The only difference was the numbers. Yeah, the headline was, I think of that story, the headline was the uh, homes in, in, in Victoria are out of reach of the average working man. Yes, yes. You know, which wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't the average PC person today. would be a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I've got same stories from, from 1919. 1919, 1920, 1926, 1930. Uh, it's always been expensive. It's always been challenging. Certainly it's got its challenges now. Uh, but, you know, to tie this into why prices are going up, well, it, it is a supply and demand issue uh, as opposed to what I think you want to talk about, the mechanics of how we sell properties. Oh, for sure. For sure. But you know what? I don't want to get there quite yet. I, ah. I want to, yeah, I, wa I want to actually just talk a little more because of course we got, a, we have a lot of uh, uh, licensees, realtors, who listen to our program here. And um, I just want to talk about getting, 
getting to the position that you're in, the president of the real estate board, you don't just get that job. You actually have, like, you've spent uh, five years as a committee member and going, you know, through oh, the, yeah. no, I was, through the I, ranks. Yeah, that's right. I served I served as a manager broker uh, on that committee for, for a number of years. I was on the professional standards committee for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, and then I was, I was talked into running as director. And then I think how you become president is you leave the room accidentally and come back. That's yeah. And don't go to the washroom. And congratulations. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, I just, it was something that, that I think uh, was really important to me. Yeah. And I think that it makes a real difference because once you get involved in organized real estate, um, you really come to understand that the backbone of our business of everything that every realtor does, the backbone is the local boards and the MLS systems that we run uh, and, and the education programs and everything. That's without without boards, none of this works. Mm -hmm. the, the professionalism, the, uh, the governance, the data, you know, uh, people forget about the fact that the appraisal companies need uh, data that comes from us. Yeah, right? they're, 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 they're our clients. Yeah, as much as anybody else's. Yeah. yeah, so so all of this stuff, you know, we 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 definitely are key. But um, I mean, we're approaching the time right now where there's always the call out for committee members. So if a if a realtor that's has right. not served on the committee before, um, now's a good time, right? Yeah, that's uh, there'll be a call out coming pretty soon. We're actually entering into election season for directors as well. So if there's any realtors out there who have thought about becoming a director, uh, now's the time. Uh, go to the website and uh, pull down a form. Yeah, uh, it's it's it, you know just in case if people are wondering you know what does it include? Yeah, there's some canvassing, there's some you know getting out there and and uh, you know sharing your thoughts with uh, with licensees. It also means getting up and uh, um, typically giving a speech in front of the membership. We've been doing that by Zoom recently. Well, that's what we're doing. This it'll be virtual. Um, yeah. I think that we're 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 looking at a hybrid election meeting this year. Last year was entirely virtual. Mm -hmm. um, so the the making of a speech was a lot uh, a lot less painful, I guess. You didn't have a whole room of people. You could <laughs> yeah, well, just, uh, yeah. just stare at your computer. Well, listen, I gave the speech three times. So that uh, and actually no, I gave it four. I gave a speech for Guy Crozier. Yeah, I was gonna year, say you then? gave a speech for somebody else. I know, I know. I gotta Suck tell it. you, this is the best speech guy ever gave. That's right. <laughs> Everyone tells him that as well. <laughs> oh, suckers for punishment, right? Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a very rewarding. Uh, a very rewarding um, privilege to be not only a committee member, also a uh, board member, but also the president of the real estate board. Uh, I think both you and I are of the thought that, you know, it, it, to, to be involved in organized real estate, it opens up so many other, it's, it opens up another world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And we've been at this for a hundred years. This is our hundredth year. Yeah. And so we've, we've done with COVID, obviously we haven't been talking about the, the things that we've done in the background, but our hundredth year has been very important and we've done some significant work. And as we progress through the fall, we'll, we'll be sharing that with everybody quite happily. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and something else too, that a lot of people may not know about is our little board in Victoria. So we, we are among the 10 largest boards in Canada, um, but we're still only 1400 members to Vancouver's 20,000 and Toronto's almost 60,000, right? Yeah. Yeah, but we're still among the uh, the top uh, uh, ten largest boards in the country. Um, there's, I think there's almost a hundred boards now, ninety something or other. Um, but Victoria has a has a fantastic uh, reputation. Like we're known for a number of things, right? Well, we punch above our weight, definitely. We're we've been long considered progressive. Uh, we're very vocal. Mm -hmm. uh, we're 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 the first to do a lot of things. 
um, that get adopted by other boards. And technology other is a biggie. Yeah. Technology is a big, we've been a leader in technology for a very long time. Um, and you know, a lot of that credit goes to our staff who are just terrific. We have assembled a team, a crack team, if you like, mm-hmm. at the board that, that, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade them for anybody. Well, we've got a lot of long-termers. I mean, people that have been with the board for, for a really long time. And the yeah, continuity they, is, is the great. value of that is, is, uh, the, the institutional memory that we have. I think our current executive officer started in the mailroom. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. He was a realtor with us. Like he, he was one of us many years ago. I, I, I remember, um, we do have a guy who was in the mailroom who's been there for longer than the, than the executive officer. Uh, but that's a whole other story altogether. Um, you know, one of the things I want to bring up is our MLS system. So I always mm-hmm. find it interesting because, I, because uh, I'm looking at other real estate boards across the country and some even in the States as well. And they start talking about, oh, we're migrating to this matrix system. Well, I was on the committee that chose that for, uh, for our real estate board way back in 2007, right? Yeah. So we're 14 years ahead of a lot of these other uh, real estate boards um, who are only now kind of getting on, you know, getting on this. It's amazing. Our little town, right? That's very well. And, and if you go back to the beginning, that, that was where it's in Victoria that that uh, MLS system was originally developed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my goodness, you know, small little Victoria, who'd ever think about that, right? Uh, we're having a conversation with the president of the Victoria uh, Real Estate Board, David uh, Langua. It's the hundredth year of the Victoria Real Estate Board, longstanding t- tradition of excellence uh, and professionalism uh, in our local real estate industry. We need to take our last break of the day, but when we come back, we'll be having a deeper conversation uh, about some really other important things relating to real estate here in our region. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation today with David Langwa. David is the president of the Victoria real estate board uh, now and it's 100 you just reminded me david it's 100 years right um i we should look at how many presidents there have been i know there have been presidents who have had a couple of terms or subsequent terms or all that so it's not like there's been 100 but it's going to be up there it's going to be like it's 80. pretty it's 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 around i i counted one it was around 89 90 yeah, sort of, it, it's pretty there's only a few that have repeated or been good enough to do it again yeah uh, and of course, we had the rogues gallery downstairs in the real estate board with all the people. But we're, we ran out of wall space because there's that's right, there, right? Yeah. There's, there's yeah, they're all over the building now. It's uh, it's uh, and and you know we're doing renovations at our, at our building, and the goal is to to rebuild a very similar yeah uh, display because it's it's important. It's our heritage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and of course, I remember when the first um, uh, woman president, female president, uh, was elected because I was uh, a member back then, 1990. When it was Donna Curtis, Donna who just retired a short while ago, and she had two terms, and uh, she was, you know, she's fantastic. Um, but it is, it is a, a longstanding uh, tradition. We talked a little bit earlier about this past president's dinner, and to hear, you know, um, all these stories uh, and everything. We lost Eric Sharman uh, just uh, as the pandemic was kind of starting yeah, up. That was a big loss. Yeah, and uh, man, I, I'm fortunate that I had him on this program, uh, you know, a few months before. But so many stories to tell. And uh, there's a lot, you know, I, I get it. I get consumers, they, they're buying or selling their homes. And at that point in time, you know, it's a very important thing as it should be because real estate's a very important uh, part. But, you know, there's been licensees out there for 
five years, 10, 20, 30. I know there's 40 year veterans out there That's uh, right, yeah. who have so much to bring to the table as far as experience and skill and knowledge and all of those things are concerned. That's why we're here, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's important for the consumer to, to, to go out and find the professional that makes the most sense for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I've been skirting this issue, uh, you know, this, ento- this entire uh, day so far, because, you know, the on a program here, we've been talking a lot about uh, bidding wars, because it's, it's, it's a hot topic, right? Everyone's sure. buyer, buyers hate it, right? Now we are in an election cycle. And um, uh, candidates are talking about uh, getting rid of this blind bidding thing. So uh, what, you know, what are your thoughts about this? Well, I'll be clear We're you know, the board is nonpartisan, so we're not going to criticize any particular party, but we can be critical of whatever housing policy or whatever regulation around real estate is suggested. Uh, I, I got to be honest with you, the term blind bidding to me, I, I, I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's a closed bidding process. Australia is is an auction. It's an open bidding process. That's the difference. It's not blind. There's nothing blind about it. It's not like (laughs) you don't know what's in the house. It's not like you don't know where it is. It's not like you don't know roughly what you're going to pay for it. There's nothing blind about the process. Uh, So it's, it's a misnomer to me. It's just a headline grabber. It's clickbait. Uh, blind bidding, blind bidding. It's it's this year's uh, shadow flipping. It is, if you like. So, yeah, I'm surprised it's not. And I actually, I'm not going to say. No, I'm going to say. But I'm surprised they don't call it a secret bidding process to make it sound that much more sinister. (laughs) Uh, Because it's not. It's the only difference is that we're not revealing private and personal financial information from one set of buyers to another. That's it. That's all we're doing. Well, and and so because we were, actually we talked last week with uh, my friend Rayanne Cannon, who was talking about you know being on a front lawn in Australia and watching this actually unfold, where you actually see the whites in the eyes of your competitor, and hmm. you know I'm glad you brought it up just now because privacy is always you know it's it's been a very important part of um, you know the regulators talk about privacy. Uh, there's the Privacy Act. Um, you know, right now, a buyer who's going through this pain of multiple offers might think, well, gee, you know, if, if, if the process was more transparent, they use the word transparent a lot now too. Sure. Right. If the, if it's transparent, then, you know, um, maybe the next guy will beat me by $2,000 instead of a hundred thousand dollars. And therefore property values won't, you know, shoot up at crazy right well and you know sure uh, you can make that argument but if, if we take the comparison so what's happened to prices in australia over the last 18 months they've shot through the roof as well oh. they have an open bidding process their prices have shot through the roof we have a closed bidding process our prices have shot through the roof uh, so that tells me that prices going through the roof is not related to the sales process because we have two different distinct processes and yet we have the same result so so blind bidder uh, people talking about and again. I hate the term blind bidding, closed bidding. Yep. Um, is, is is call it today's foreign buyer thing? You have uh, many times I've heard you talk about the fact that the foreign buyer, the boogeyman of the foreign buyer, raising up all of our housing prices. Well, you and I know that the average uh, marketplace is one to two percent, or was one to two, maybe three percent foreign buyer driven. Uh, not enough to to drive prices the way that we've seen prices. And now over the last uh, 18 months or so, we haven't had any foreign buyers because nobody can come here, mm-hmm. right? We've been closed. Nobody can come in. And, and so I know, but hold on a second there. I want to touch on this one for a moment because you see, we, we hear from consumers, they go, 
old, but you know, they hide themselves. So there's tons of foreign buyers that are buying virtually and all this kind of stuff. And, and then we've seen conversation on uh, threads across the country where realtors are saying, hey guys, how many of you have actually dealt yeah. with a foreign buyer? And all of them have said none. Yeah, everybody's so, like none. What's one the here, truth? One weird one here. It's, yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, our experience is, and, I, and again, we, we kind of track this stuff. And, yeah. and I think that uh, it, it's not as exciting a story to tell if you can't just point to one simple thing and mm -hmm. say, it's that it's born buyers. It's uh, it's people from Ontario who are retiring on teachers pensions that are driving up the prices of real estate in the news bay. Mm -hmm. Right. That's an easy yeah. story for people to understand. It's not yeah. true. It doesn't make any sense, but it's, it's sounds great. And you can write it in 300 words and put it on a website and get lots of clicks. Like that's, that's the thing is that there's so much nuance going on in our market that uh, people just can't explain it. So you just come up with whatever terminology you want and go, mm, here's a good idea. Let's make people look at that. It's not one thing. Yeah, it's not no, just one it's thing. Not. It's, no. it's, markets are, are, are remarkably complex and they change all the time. We've been through, I don't know how many cycles. Uh, I've been through four of these cycles now. Yeah. Um, you know, you've probably been through eight, given how old you are. <laughs> yeah, thank it's, you. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, markets change. And so the idea that we're going to regulate yeah. the way that the real estate industry works based on current market conditions. Well, what happens when things get really slow? Because they will at some point get really slow. So oh, what happens when things get really slow? We're going to change the rules again in order to benefit who? Yeah. Right. Rather than benefit buyers, we're going to try uh, to benefit sellers. Like, and I've told, crazy. I've told people, and you probably got the same story too. Like I remember 10 year spans of time where you didn't see a multiple offer. You didn't see no. it anymore. Right. No, you just, it, it was the multiple offer, the, the seasons of multiple offers uh, feel Even like operations compared to the larger universe of, of real estate transactions. Now, is that going to change moving forward? I don't know. My crystal ball goes until about October 12th and uh, <laughs> it gets too cloudy. So I don't know what's going to happen. After that. <laughs> right. Well, Hey, I mean, let's, let's talk about this. If, if, if the candidates have their way and they, they put away with what they're calling blind bidding, right. I'm having a hard, maybe you can, I, you and I can have a, a, a little riff here, but I'm having a hard time thinking about how they could regulate this. Well, they can't because it's a it's a provincial jurisdiction. The yes. regulation of real estate is 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 provincial. So the, the realistically, the only way that federally they could do it is through an amendment to the criminal code. It seems uh, so. You'd make it an offense to sell something in a certain way, oh, uh, which to me is about as offensive as you can get. Now I don't know if that's the actual route they're going to go. Maybe they can use the notwithstanding clause. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's but it is it is clear cut that yeah. the regulation of of the real estate industry, regulation of real estate is a provincial jurisdiction. Yes. Period. Yeah. Well, I'm so talking about passing rules about uh, how how real estate transactions are conducted, um, and again for no reason, right? Open bidding season in Australia, prices go up. Closed bidding season here, prices go up. It's not the process. It's it's the lack of supply. It's the fact that governments have abandoned the housing markets for 30 years on the federal level, and they tried to come back in the last couple of few. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's uh, that's where that's where the the thing lies. Nobody, the, the, the federal governments, all of them don't want anybody looking at that. No, of course, because that's a complicated issue. They they want the simple answer, which is oh, it's the way you sell stuff. That's the problem. Mm. Well, more supply. Wouldn't that be nice? Right. I mean, that's, that's really the answer is, is, you know, give consumers more choices, give them, you know, the ability to, uh, to have, uh, 
more things to look at and, and, and things will be better, right? Well, a structural deficit in supply as well can't be fixed overnight. That's the problem is that we haven't had enough houses being built 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago today. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving forward, I mean, the federal government could do a lot. I mean, they could incentivize municipalities to increase density with infrastructure grants. That would be a great idea. Uh, or why don't they use surplus federal lands and build housing on it directly? You can add directly to housing stock. Federal lands aren't subject to local zoning laws. Mm. So they could do that. They could build houses tomorrow if they wanted to. But I don't see any houses going up in Esquimalt. Hmm. Well, I mean, these these don't seem to be uh, those hot buttons that the uh, candidates are, 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 are pushing. It's, it's more the other stuff, right? It's more the things that get the headlines, like you said. Yeah, it's all clickbait. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Uh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen moving forward here, David? How are you feeling uh, for the rest of your term? So you've got uh, um, the rest of the year here. And uh, how do you feel about what's going to happen here in Victoria? Uh, well, we have the- some. So the, so the fall is very busy in organized real estate. That's when we get together with the uh, provincial association, the other boards, and we, we, we do some strategy planning. Uh, we look at issues that will come up over the next few years as well. We've just gone through, a, we have a new regulator. Uh, so the, uh, the Real Estate Council of British Columbia and the Office of the Superintendent of Real Estate have now been uh, taken over by the uh, BC Financial Services uh, branch. So you've got the BCFSA that runs, is our new regulator. So we're going through all of these pains, mm-hmm. uh, you know, happily uh, to, to, to get a more efficient uh, regulation in, in place. So uh, we're very, very busy working on this stuff all through the fall um, and into what will be probably next year, uh, particularly on the regulatory side. But uh, the fall is, you remember, the fall is very busy, lots of meetings. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we typically would go to Ottawa, uh, to talk to our MPs uh, on, on behalf of some national issues. Uh, so we'll be zooming into Ottawa for that. Yeah. Uh, oh, goodness. You know what? We, we didn't even have a chance. We did not have a chance to talk about this because we've run out of time here. But that is something else that uh, we should we should at some point talk about is the real estate boards and organized real estate uh, lobby for consumers. Right. Talk to our MLAs, our MPs. Yeah. Uh, I remember all that stuff. That's uh, and it's all very important work. And a lot of licensees that are just selling properties day to day don't really understand or realize the amount of work that goes in in the background. No, and you, and, and it's understandable. You're, you're head down trying to make a living uh, in a very challenging industry. And, um, you know, often after a few years, you poke your head up and you go, oh, all right. What makes our ship go? It's our boards that make our ship go. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, listen, um, thank you, uh, President David Langua. And again, it's a call out for if you are a realtor and you haven't volunteered on a committee, put your name forward coming up. We're always looking and I think October is the time. Uh, and for anyone who's uh, maybe thought about it, become a director uh, of the real estate board, because one day you can have the center seat that David holds right now. Um, thanks again, uh, David. Always a pleasure uh, not only chatting with you, a man of great knowledge, but always also having uh, the elected president of the Real Estate Board here uh, on our show. Thanks for joining us, David. Thanks so very much, Tony. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and for the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next month.